A very good morning to all of you Sidmothians, Sidfordians and Sidberians who have joined me. Indeed to all of you who live outside the uh, musical centre of the universe. Uh, you were supposed to be listening to uh, the, the Sunday Mod Slot house band Booker T and the MGs and they, but they do want to come out to play today and there's nothing like getting starting off with a nice technical hitch. Instead that was uh, Free to Pay Me Band of Gold and I'll start with that track because that is what today is all about. A lot of tracks from the 60s and 70s, and a goodly number of these were going to be coming from the year that opened up a whole new musical vista for me. And Frida Payne and Band of Gold was the first, and that year is 1970. Um, yeah, penned by the mighty songwriting team of Holland, Dozier and Holland, uh, together with the collaborator Ron Dunbar. And they wrote it under the pseudonym Edith Wayne because they were in engaged in a lawsuit with uh, Motown Records. And the guy on the lead guitar, by the way, was Ray Parker Jr. of Ghostbusters fame. So that was September 1970, gave Frida Payne her first gold disc. And 1970, why 1970? Well, that's the year I moved from junior to senior school. And uh, with this transition came a whole new bunch of schoolmates, and they knew far more about the pop and rock scene than I did. And... Uh, they were allowed to bring their 45s and play them on the rickety old school record player during breaks. And I got a lot, I got to hear a lot of soul and reggae from West Indian musicians for the first time, and it was great. I knew about the Beatles, Kinks, Stones, etc., and Kelly Lynch, one or two others, but little else because my mum and dad, they were um, more into classical music. And although I wouldn't agree with the poet Philip Larkin's viewpoint on parents, um, my pop and rock knowledge and experience was a little limited and moving to Eastbury Secondary Modern School in Barking was a big step in my musical, if not academic, education. And for balance, just let me mention that this year contains such hits as Wandering Star by Lee Marvin, Goodbye Sam, Hello Samantha by Cliff Richard, Grandad by Clive Dunn, Two Little Boys by Rolf Harris and Back Home by the England football team and you'll be mightily relieved to hear that I won't be playing any of them. So basically today is about my musical influence, not just the year 1970. I'll be talking about some of the people who influenced my musical tastes and playing some of the music that meant so much to them, my friends. There'll be a few tracks that simply mean happy memories for me. My threesome will come courtesy of a bunch of lunatics I discovered in the 60s, rediscovered in 1975 and have loved ever since. The jazz one will come from arguably the greatest big band in history, and this week's Housewife's Choice is a track from 1967 that brings back happy memories to the current Mrs Brown of her first holiday abroad. So that's it, a dip into my musical past, but paradoxically, that all lies in the future because I have a bit of business to attend first, attend to first. Now, about a month ago, I received a text out of the blue from a chap who wanted to request a chat for his father. As a result of them having a late night session, listening to music and probably having more refreshment than was good for them. And I knew just where the uh, son was coming from because um, the father concerned um, and I had had more than a few similar sessions in the past. Um, I had to tell the son I'd, play, I'd plan the, my set for the next few shows and it would be today before I could get his track on. And here we are. 
we've reached that point. On the 18th of November 1975, on the back of his phenomenal success of his third album, Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen and his E Street Band played their first ever gig in the UK at the Hammersmith Odeon. Uh, This was the first number, and it has been specifically requested for my good friend and sometime co-presenter on this show, John Shepard, by his eldest son, Ian. Across the porch as the radio plays Roy Orbison singing for the lonely Hey, that's me and I want you only Don't turn me home again I just can't face myself alone again Don't you run back inside Darling, you know just what I'm here for So you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore Well show a little faith, there's magic in the night You ain't a beauty but hey you're alright Oh and that's alright with me You can hide with your covers and study your pain Make crosses from your lovers, throw roses in the rain Waste your summer praying in vain for a savior to rise from these streets Well now I'm no hero that's understood All the redemption I can offer girls beneath this dirty hood With a chance to make it good somehow Hey what else can we do now except roll down the Everyone's waiting down on the tracks Can I so come and take my hand? We're riding out tonight to case the promised land Take 
that long walk from your front porch to my front seat. The door is open, but the ride it ain't free. Hey, I know you're lonely, and there's words that I ain't spoken. But tonight we'll be free when all the promises will be broken. There were ghosts in the eyes of all the boys you sent away. They haunt this dusty beach road in the skeleton frames of burned out Chevrolets. They scream your name at night in the street. Your graduation gown lies in her eggs at their feet. And in the lonely cool before dawn, from your room you hear their engines roar on. But when you get to the porch, they're gone on the wind. So Mary, climb in. It's a town full of losers, and I'm pulling out of here to win. There we go, the boss with Thunder Road live at the Hammersmith Ode in the 1975. Ian, we got there, mate. Johnny Boy, I hope you enjoyed that. Right, back to the show as we do it normally. Um, musical memories discussed. Well, my first musical memory is probably Gustav Holst's The Planet Suite. I don't want to sound too poncy there, but I did come from a classical music family. But as far as this con- concerned, it was my next track from 19. 19- 64 when I was at the tender age of five. Why do I remember it so well? Well, because it was put on a jukebox in a roadside cafe somewhere between London and Liverpool where my mum, aunt and uncle and I were having breakfast on our way up to visit another aunt and uncle. And I did the twist in front of an audience of long-distance lorry drivers, uh, precocious little swine as I was.
Excellent stuff. The Dave Clark Five, uh, the second British invasion band after the Beatles to appear in the States on the Ed Sullivan Show with Bits and Pieces, which spent three weeks at number two in the UK charts in March 1964. Uh, the Dave Clark Five were formed in 1958, which was a very good year. Um, and they came from Tottenham and they purported to be the leaders of the Tottenham sound and attempt to account for the all-conquering Merseybeat sound. They were very good, but like my football team of the same name, uh, they were not as good as their Liverpool counterparts, unfortunately, and never have been. Um, on Thursday, the 12th of February, 1970, and remember that is the year which this show um, is lynching on, um, I sat down in front of the telly for Top of the Pops. I only know the date because the history of this track is very well documented. Picture a big man sat at a little white upright piano, trademark round glasses on, long hair cropped mercilessly down to a stubble. This is karma's gonna get you, gonna knock you right in the head. You better get yourself together.
Ah, yes. John Lennon, Yoko Ono, and the Plastic Ono Band of Instant Karma. Uh, written, recorded, and released within a period of 10 days, making it one of the fastest released songs in pop music history. Produced by Phil Spector, marking a comeback for the American producer after his self-imposed retirement in 1966 and it led to him being offered the producer's role on the Beatles Let It Be album which frankly was a bit of a a kick in the teeth for George Martin Um, it was recorded at Abbey Road Studios um, Walder Sound Technique typical Spectre and uh, yeah contributions from George Harrison Klaus Vorman their old friend from Hamburg days and Billy Billy Preston there moving on um Happy musical memories. Am I a mod? I've I've made a note here. Well, I was too young in the sixties, and really I wasn't interested then in the revival of the late nineteen seventies. Um, I only really got um, into mod scene, and once into it, I I embraced it totally in two thousand fourteen, where I was working in a in an office um, in in Somerset, and my boss had a, a CD player. And um, she had a, a mod compilation album, and I really liked every single track I heard on the album. But this track really lit the fuse. Um, whatever and whatever Who fans may think, Mod's foremost band came not from West London, but from East London.
Oh boy, All or Nothing, The Small Faces there. Written by Stevie Marriott and Ronnie Lane. Probably The Small Faces' masterpiece. Uh, released on the Decca label on the 5th of August 1966, just a week after England won the World Cup, and it gave the Pocket Rockets their, their only number one. Steve Marriott, what a voice. What a voice. Um, you're listening to Sid Valley Radio. That's radio for the community by the community and if you're listening this morning and want to say hi do message the studio sidvalleyradio.co.uk and there's a little link at the, at the top there so do get in touch It'd be nice to hear from you um back to uh, musical memories and the first of the tracks this week uh, there are three people um I, i'm going to be mentioning today um who influenced my musical taste particularly um in my school days um in 1971, I had to change schools. Um, my my first parents um, ended up in divorce. My mum divorced my dad and then met Dennis, the man who had become my stepfather. Uh, and we moved to live with him, in, left Barking, moved to live with him in Raynham. Um, I've talked about Dennis quite a lot. He, he's the bloke who really, really got me into jazz. He was a pretty good tenor saxophonist himself. But that lay a couple of years in the future and... I started this new school, didn't like it, and I had to get to know a whole new bunch of schoolmates. And to be absolutely honest, those those first years were not the happiest of my life. Um, but I, I, did, I did make some good friends, and two of them had an influence on me musically, um, which continues to this very day. I haven't seen one of them for about 40-odd years, but the other, uh, Dave, Dave Powell, is my oldest friend, and I, I very much hope he's listening in, in this morning. Uh, knowing Dave, he's probably sat by a, a riverbank fishing up in Yorkshire um, with this on his um, on his iPhone. Um, Dave introduced me to a whole range of groups and artists, but the band who I'm most associated with were an art rock group from Stockport, uh, arguably some of the most talented British musicians of the decade, uh, Kevin Godley, Lowell Cream, Graham Gorman and Eric Stewart, and they were collectively known, of course, as 10CC. For me, um, and I think for David as well, uh, their best album was their second offering, Sheet Music, which was released on uh, the 28th of April 1974, and which included uh, Wall Street Shuffle and that classic I'm not in love but I'm going to play you the, the second track It's one thing to know it but another to admit we're the worst band in the world but we don't give up we 
band in the world from sheet music from 10cc there we were certainly not the worst band in the world far from it uh the album reached number nine in the uk and that track was written by Lowell cream and graham goldman a bit later on in the show we'll have another track from dave um the band that dave really reckoned and trust me they don't come much bigger than this but that's a, that's in a little while now it's funny because i've always thought that I had a memory that was pretty much second to none. And I'll let you in on a little secret here. <clears throat> Current Mrs. Brown has already savaged me this morning for uh, saying that her housewife's choice this week was from 1967 when it was actually from 1966. So I'm really going to get in trouble when I get home. But anyway, I was convinced that our next track was released during the summer of 1970 but it wasn't released until September, so it just shows what I know. In my defence, it's a pretty summary sort of song. Um, Here's Brooklyn's very own Bobby Bloom with the lovely Montego Bay.
Yeah, Bobby Bloom there with Montego Bay. Great track. Really, I know this show's all about, but it just took me straight back to 1970. Um, It's time for the first offering of this week's threesome, and uh, we're going to go back to 1968 and a milestone in both my listening and viewing habits. I began to watch with complete rapture, and in serious danger of giving myself a rupture through laughing, the children's TV um, comedy show Do Not Adjust Your Set, which was um, notable for launching the careers of future members of um, Monty Python, Eric Idle, Terry Jones and Michael Palin, and future star of everything else on the planet, um, David Chasen. It was surreal and silly in equal measure, and it drove my mother and my grandfather up the wall but for me it was tv heaven and although it was conceived with children in mind it soon attracted a a considerable adult fan base including uh two comedians who would soon be co-starring with messrs idol jones and palin in something completely different but rather similar um john cleese and graham chapman each week there would be a musical interlude and such a bonkers show demanded an equally bonkers band Enter the absolutely wonderful Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. A heady and hilarious cocktail in music hall, trad jazz, psychedelic pop, surreal humour and avant-garde art. And um, I'm going to play you the intro and the outro, which was based on Duke Ellington's Sea Jam Blues. And the first track on side two of Gorilla, the, the Bonzo's debut album released in October 67. I hope you have a crayon and paper handy because I'd like you to write down the names of the band members as they're announced, and I will be asking questions later. Hi there, nice to be with you. Happy you could stick around. Like to introduce Legs Larry Smith, drums, and Sam Spoon's rhythm pole, and Vern Dudley Bohay Noel bass guitar, and Neil Innes piano. Come in, Rodney Slater on the saxophone. With Roger Ruskin Spear on tenor sax. Hi, Vivian Stanchel, trumpet. Big hello to Big John Wayne, xylophone. And Robert Morley, guitar. Billy Butlin, spoons. And looking very relaxed, Adolf Hitler on vibes. Nice. Princess Anne on sousaphone. Introducing Liberace clarinet. With Ghana Ted Armstrong on vocals. Lord Snooty and his pals tap dancing. In the groove with Harold Wilson violin. And Franklin McCormack on harmonica. Over there, Eric Clapton, ukulele. Hi, Eric. On my left, Sir Kenneth Park, bass sax. Great honor, sir. Especially flown in for us, a Sessions Gorilla on Vox Humana. Nice to see Incredible Shrinking Man on Euphonium. Drop out with Peter Scott on Duck Call. Hearing from you later, Casanova, on horn. Yeah, digging General de Gaulle on accordion. Really wild, General. Thank you, sir. Roy Rogers on trigger. 
Tune in Wild Man of Borneo on bongos. Count Basie Orchestra on triangle. Thank you. Great to hear the Rawlinsons on trombone. Back from his recent operation, Dan Drop, hot. And representing the flower people, Quasimodo on bells. Wonderful to hear Brainiac on banjo. We welcome Baldunican as himself. Very appealing, Max Jaffer. Mmm, that's nice, Max. What a team, Zebra Kid and Horace Bachelor on percussion. And a great favorite and a wonderful performer, all of us here, J. Arthur Rank on Gong. There we go, the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band with the intro and the outro. What a lineup, among others, Vivian Stanshaw on trumpet and vocals, the lovely Neil Innes on piano, Eric Clapton on ukulele, Princess Anne on sousaphone, John Wayne on xylophone, J. Arthur Rank on gong, the Prime Minister, then Prime Minister Harold Wilson on violin, Val Dunican as himself, hello there, the Count Basie Orchestra on triangle, General de Gaulle on accordion, Lord Snooty and his pals tap dancing, Roy Rogers on trigger and a whole lot more. And there'll be a whole lot more from the Bonzos in a little while, one of my all-time favourite bands. A uh, very good morning to Carly Misha, I hope you're having a lovely Sunday and enjoying the show. Um... Back to the people who influenced my musical taste. And the second person, uh, second friend from my uh, Raynham school days who had a lasting influence on me was a guy called Ian. And although our friendship didn't really last into manhood, um, his influence was probably the greatest of all because, quite simply, he was a Beatles fanatic and he turned me one into one too. So whether you, wherever you are, Ian... Um, you won't be listening, I know, but a massive thank you from the from the bottom of my heart. Uh, thank you, thank you for the music. Um, what to play though? Um, I thought about Let It Be, their last single, which was released in 1970. But I wanted to personally, I wanted to play something happy, and I wanted to connect it with my earlier days. And I remembered that um, my mum and dad had a Music for Pleasure compilation album called Hits 67, which was basically cover versions of 12 songs that had made it big that year. And it was MFP's proud boast on the sleeve that you would have difficulty telling the difference between the covers and the originals. Well, in a moment of nostalgic wallowing, I bought a copy of the album a couple of years ago, and frankly, it's pretty awful. Uh, And the Beatles cover is excruciating. However... The original version is sublime. Penny Lane, there is a barber showing photographs Of every head he's had the pleasure to know And all the people that come and go Stop and say hello On the corner is a banker with a motor car The little children having him Where's the man in the boring? 
fine penny lane which together with strawberry fields forever were the first tracks recorded during the sessions for the um, sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band and the recordings began in november 66 and and penny lane and strawberry fields were intended originally for inclusion on the album uh, but instead, with pressure from the record company and management for new product, the group were forced to issue uh, both tracks as a double A-side single, and then they, uh, the boys adhered to their philosophy of omitting previously released singles from their albums, greatly to everyone's regret. And just think what an album Pepper would have been with, with Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane included. Uh, the double A-side peaked at number two on the Beatles charts, uh, behind Engelbert Humperdinck's, uh, Engelbert Humperdinck's Release Me, and that one is on the Music for Pleasure compilation album too, You Have Been Warned. Uh, now for my next happy musical memory, I'd like to go back to a very sunny Sunday, 21st of May 1978, when I heard Ian Jury for the first time. Uh, this time I am confident of the date because a friend and I travelled in his car to Canterbury to see Kent play Essex in the John Player League cricket match and I found the date in a cricket archive. Yeah, I've done my homework. On the way back, my mate turned on the radio. I think it must have been the John Peel show and I heard this. <laughs> Sergeant in a squadron full of wellers, what a waste, what a waste, what a waste, what a waste. Because I chose to play the fool in a six-piece band, first nine nerves, every one night stand, I should be glad to be so inclined, what a waste, what a waste, what a Well, 
catalyst that sparks the revolution I could be an inmate in a long-term institution I could do the wild extremes, I could do a die I could yawn and be withdrawn and watch them gallify What a waste What a waste What a waste What a waste Absolute stonker of a track. Ian Drew in the Blockheads with their second single, What a Waste, which was released on the Stiff label in April 1978. I was hooked from that moment, and so it remains. <clears throat> Excuse me. I count myself extremely lucky to have been in the audience at the Cambridge Corn Exchange in December 1999, um, and I saw Ian and the Blockheads live. He was very, very ill. Um, he uh, terminal cancer. And he had to be led on and off the stage. But he was still able to stand there and give us some of his old abracadabra, as he would have put it. Uh, and to see him was to feel like you knew him as a friend and had known him all your life. What a guy. What a great guy. Um, the third friend I'd like to state as a major influence upon my musical taste goes by the name of Stuart. And again, sadly, we were talking about a bloke I haven't seen for nearly 40 years. Um, I was a barrister's clerk back in the 80s, um, working in the Temple in London, and he was an associate solicitor who instructed a couple of barristers I worked for. We found that we had a few things in common, namely beer, cricket and satire, and we used to spend a lot of time together at weekends visiting some pretty marvellous London hostelries. Now, at this time, I was seriously into modern jazz, and but I was still receptive to the more, shall we say, challenging uh, uh, pop and rock acts. And the first of the two bands that Stuart really got me into with the doors i'm going to play a live track and if you're of a nervous disposition you might want to go and tidy up your abba collection or something because this is a real in this is really in your face stuff um this version of bo diddley's who do you love was recorded during a series of concerts at the felt club in in new york city on january the 17th 1970 and uh, later appeared on their first live album at absolutely live which came between their superb uh, later studio albums morrison hotel and la woman so here are ray manzarek on keyboards robbie krieger on lead guitar john densmore on drums and mr mojo rising himself jim morrison on vocal and the boys are giving the performance of their life 
There we go. How powerful is that? The doors with who who do you love? Um, do you ever have times when you get a song stuck in your head and you just can't get it out again? Normally it's something like awful, like Shut Up Your Face or Captain Beak in his band or some other bit of rubbish. But ever since planning this show, um, our next track has taken up residence in my bonds, and I'm so glad it has. I can't stop playing at home. I think I'm driving the current Mrs. Brown nuts, but there's nothing new there. This is just brilliant. Listen to this. Love it, absolutely love it to bits. Mr. Blow with Grooving Mr. Blow. What a great track. It uh, hit number two on the UK charts on 4th of July 1970. Guy in the harmonica, there's a guy called Harry Harry Pitch. He'd been going for years, and apparently he's the guy who advised John Lennon on harmonica technique uh, before the Beatles recorded Love Me Do. <laughs> the other side of the coin, he played uh, the harmonica on the long-running BBC series Last of the Summer Rhine, Wine. That's rock and roll for you.
Yep, it's Harry J All Stars with their Playground Pleaser and introductory music to the current Mrs Brown's weekly housewife choice, Liquidator. A couple of weeks ago I told what I was planning for, for today's show and after she stopped laughing, mind you it may have been crying, it's difficult to tell sometimes, she said, so you'd like me to pick a song that has resonated with me down the years, one that is redolent of happy times. And after I looked all this up in the dictionary I said, yes. So we're going to go back to August 1966 1966 and her first holiday abroad as a 12 year old slip of a thing where this rather wonderful song was playing in every bar and cafe in Catolica on the Adriatic coast of Italy and all over the world for that matter and it happens to be courtesy of my favourite singer Strangers in the night Exchanging glances Wandering in the night What were the chances We'd be sharing love Before the night was through Something in your eyes Was so inviting Something in your smile was so exciting something in my heart told me I must have you strangers in the night two lonely people we were strangers in the night up to the moment when we said our first hello little did we know Love was just a glance away, a warm embracing dance away And ever since that night, we've been together, lovers at first sight In love forever, it turned out so right, for strangers in the night Just a glance away, a warm embracing dance away. Ever since that night, we've been together, lovers at first sight. In love forever, it turned out so right for strangers in the night. Do-de-do-be-do. The chairman of the board, old blue eyes, the governor, and officially the voice of the 20th century, Frank Sinatra, with Strangers in the Night. And it reminds me of that, that old piece of graffiti, um... Socrates, to be is to do. Plato, to do is to be. Frank Sinatra, dooby dooby doo. There we go. 
wonderful stuff. And um, Mrs. Brown, uh, I will pick up the parsnips on the way home. And before, uh, gentle audience, you think I'm coming up with some sort of guarded euphemism there, no, I need to buy some parsnips to go with our lunch today. Let's have a bit more blissful brouhaha from the Bonzos. Um, on the 11th of October 1968, they released the single I'm the Urban Spaceman, <coughs> excuse me, which would subsequently appear on their 1969 album Tadpoles. It was written by Neil Innes and produced by uh, Paul McCartney under the pseudonym Apollo C. Vermouth. It did pretty well making number five on the UK charts, and I can safely say that I was instrumental in its success as an aunt bought a copy for me for Christmas. It also won Neil Winnis and Ivan Novello's song writing award in 1968, and I can also safely say I had absolutely nothing to do with that whatsoever. Um, I'll play Urban Spaceman another day, but today I'm going to play you the B-side, which is a tender and heartfelt love song um, written by Vivian Stanchel. In the canyons of your mind I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you again Cross the mountains of your chest I will stick a union jack To the forest of your cheek Through the holes in your string Once again, I hear your love And I kiss, yes, I kiss your perfumed hair The sweet essence of giraffe And each time I hear your name Oh, 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 my, my, how, how it hurts in the wardrobe of my soul in the section labeled chats Oh, oh, oh. 
Bonzo Dog Doodah Bam with a song that is equally as romantic as Strangers in the Night. The Canyons of Your Mind, uh, ghastly uh, on purpose guitar solo, courtesy of Neil Innes, and the wonderful uh, lyric in the wardrobe of my soul in the section labelled shirts. You're listening to Sid Valley Radio. That's radio for the community, by the community. Um, back to 1970 again, and um, the year that changed my life musically. Blue Mink, English six-piece pop group that existed from 69 to 77. Over that period, they had six top ten hit singles in the UK singles chart, released five studio-based albums. The band's debut single, which I'm going to play for you now, A Melting Pot, was written by lead singer David Cook and longtime collaborator uh, Roger Greenaway. And uh, as re- recorded with um, Madeline Bell on, on co lead vocals, um, it peaked at number three in the UK singles chart in the uh, first chart of the year in 1970. Um, so it just about sneaks onto my list. Uh, it's all about racial harmony, and boy, couldn't we do a bit of that now! Big amount of fun. 
Blooming, they're in Melting Pot, and marvellous Madeline Bell on co-vocals. What a voice she's got. Um, two very special ladies have got in touch, and I'd like to say good morning to them. Debbie Channing uh, said, good morning, brilliant show as usual. Well, Debs, you obviously, you obviously missed the very beginning when I had that uh, technical hitch, but hopefully things have picked up a bit since then. And my lovely Aunt Val, Val, uh, loving the show. That's, that's great. Thanks for joining us again. I hope, hope uh, Bill and you are well now back to four years um no sorry back to my old friend dave and a track from one of the biggest bands in the business uh, um although their beginnings were humble they first performed live in 1970 um at the cavern in liverpool um and in 1972 they played a gig in uh london that attracted an audience of six uh, but they were anything but humble. Uh, and in 1986, during their final European tour, their classic lineup, they played to 400,000 fans in 26 gigs across 12 countries, trousering a rather cool 11 million quid along the way. Um, they played to 120,000 at Nebworth alone. Um, probably though their most famous appearance was when they walked onto stage at Wembley Stadium at 19 minutes to 7 on uh, Saturday the 13th of July 1985 I'm talking about Live Aid and I am talking of course about Queen but they were far 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 more than just just a, a great live act my mate Dave he was a big fan and he infected uh me and another mate of ours, Nigel Foster, with his enthusiasm, and uh, he had all the early albums. And I'm going to play my favourite track from the early years, the second track on Queen's excellent 1974 album, Sheer Heart Attack, and their first major hit. She keeps them always shandled in a pretty cabinet. Anthony Cake, she says, just like Marie Antoinette.
as a pussycat Momentarily out of action Temporarily out of class You're absolutely right Queen, Killer Queen, Freddie Mercury. What a voice. What a, what a guy. Um, Dave, thank you for that. Thank you for the music. Tight lines, mate. A very good morning to a very good friend of the current, Mrs. Brown and me, uh, Sean Allen. Sean, good morning to you. Just tell you a little bit about Sean. We first met um, when we first moved down to Sidmouth in 2014. He was a, he was a coach driver. And uh, we we bumped into each other. We sat next to each other at Sidmouth Cricket Club and watched a, a match over the August Bank Holiday weekend. I think it was glorious sunny day, and we watched a a, a really interesting match with a future England cricketer um, Jamie Overton hitting a hundred and forty nine out of seventy balls. Um, Sean and I shared a few beers. He's been a mate ever since. We don't see a great deal of each other. And he's just had a pretty major operation. He's recovering in hospital in Norwich. Sean, thanks for joining, mate. And I hope you make a, a speedy recovery soon. And, uh, hey, how about another meeting down at Sidmouth Cricket Club under a hot summer sun? Uh, back four years now to our featured year of 1970. The Kinks... Never far away from controversy, were they? Uh, This one was written by Ray Davis and was featured on their eighth studio album, Lola vs. Powerman and The Money Go Round, Part 1. Lola was released in the United Kingdom on the 12th of June, 1970, hit number two. Here's where the controversy comes in. Uh, Due to its subject matter, the song was banned in Australia, and prior to that, Auntie Beeb had banned the track because it had the words Coca-Cola in the lyrics, and that went against the BBC's radio's policy against product placement, didn't it? So, Ray Davis, doing his bit for the planet, was forced to make a 6,000-mile round-trip flight from New York to London and back again on June 3rd, 1970, interrupting the band's American tour. To change the words Coca-Cola to the more generic and safe Cherry Cola for the single release. Here we go. I met her in a club down in Old Soho Where you drink champagne and it tastes like Coca-Cola C-O-L-A Cola She walked up to me she asked me to dance I asked her her name And in a top brown voice She said Lola L-O-L-A Lola 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 well, I'm not the world's most physical guy But she squeezed me tight She nearly broke my spine Oh my Lord 
the kinks there with Lolo, that's absolute genius, isn't it? I make a, I make a great big spiel about how Ray Davis had to do this huge, great flight around the world to change the, from Coca-Cola to Cherry Cola, and I've gone and uploaded the original version. No doubt I'll be on the end of a stiff letter some way down the line from Auntie B at the BBC. It's time for the jazz one, uh, our weekly jazz one, and... Uh, I'm always talking about Dennis, the guy who got me um, into into modern jazz, and you know my my debt to him is immense because it opened up a whole world of joy for me. And you may remember last week I told you about when I first got into jazz. Um, I came up with a cunning plan of buying him jazz LPs for birthday and Christmas presents so I could listen in and get my fix. One of the first albums I bought him was a 1973 compilation entitled Explosive Sounds of the Big Bands, and they got that right enough, I tell you. It featured 12 tracks from, among others, Count Basie, Woody Herman, Benny Goodman, Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich, and there isn't a weak track on the album. But the one that really knocked me out was track two and side one, Duke Ellington and his orchestra recorded live at the Luan La Pan Antibes Jazz Festival on the Côte d'Azur in the south of France, how cool is that, in July 1966. This is Soul Call, and boy, does it go. You want to hang on to your hats for this one. Have a listen. Oh, wow. 
Duke Ellington and his orchestra there with Soulcore. I am shivering. Um, that's just chilled me to the marrow. That brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Paul Gonzalez on uh, on uh, tenor sax solo there, and Cootie Williams on trumpet. Absolutely. Oh, what a track! What a track! Um, we're going to go back to the second of my long lost friends, uh, Ian. The Beatles nut, who I mentioned earlier. A bit later in the 70s, um, he, he got into buying and selling albums. And one day I was round his house when he showed me an album entitled Overnight Sensation by a artist I'd hardly ever heard of. Ian stuck the record on and I listened to the first track, Camarillo Brillo. It was an epiphany for me, frankly. Um, I bought the album from him and nearly half a century on, I would say, it's never been never been out of my top ten albums of all time. This is Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. That Camarillo Brillo Flaming out along ahead I mean her Mendocino Bino By where some bugs had made it red She ruled the toads of these short forests And every newt in Idaho And every cricket who had chorus By the bush and buffalo Said she was a magic mama And she could throw a mean tarot And carried on without a comma That she was someone I should know She had a snake for a pet And an amulet And she was breathing a dwarf But she wasn't done yet She had gray-green skin A doll with a pin I told her she was all right but I couldn't come in I could come in right then And so she wandered through the doorway Just like a shadow from the tomb She said her stereo was four-way And I just love it in her room Well, I was born to have adventure So I just followed up the steps Right past a fuming incense stencher To where she hung her castanets She stripped away her rancid poncho And laid out naked by the door We did it till we were on concho And it was useless anymore She had a snake for a pet And an amulet And she was bleeding a water she wasn't done yet She had gray-green skin A doll with a pin I told her she was alright But I couldn't come in Actually, I was very busy And so she wandered through the doorway Just like a shadow from the tomb She said a stereo was four-way And I just love it in a room well, I was born to have adventure 
So I just followed up the steps Right past the fuming incense denture To where she hung her castanet She said she was a magic mama And she could throw a mean tarot And carried on without a comma That she was someone I should know Is that a real poncho? I mean, is that a Mexican poncho or is that a Sears poncho? Hmm, no fooling. Yes, indeed. Leviathan of Rock, colossus of American popular culture, iconoclast, and indeed extremely underrated lead guitarist, Frank Zappa. Let's go back to 1970.
What a great track that is. Give me just a little more time. That's our second Holland Dozier and Holland number today that was written under the pseudonym Edith Wayne in order to escape, escape the Motown Thought Police. Debut single by Chairman of the Board, released on the Invictus Records label. And it reached number three on the UK singles chart in 13th of September that year. 1970. Uh, alas and lack day, it's time for our final nugget of inspired lunacy from the Bonzos. This is uh, My Pink Half of the Drainpipe. It's taken from their second album, The Donut in Granny's Greenhouse. And it's also Bally English. <laughs> Our God from out of land will win a prize, won't that be nice? And by the way, how's your wife? Your holidays were spent in Spain, you went by train, you'll go again. Have you seen me bullfight poster on the wall? Do you know the happy memory it recalls? Here's a photograph of me and my son Ted. That's my cousin with his anky on his head. Booked in at our hotel just after two And met a family from Bradford that we knew Bit of bother laying turf. It's life, not books that taught me all I've learned. Whoop, in the oven, my rice pudding's getting burnt. Here, have you seen the new attachment on me drill? I must have a cat put down because he's ill. Hey, neighbor! Anywhere, because I do not so normal. If you're normal, I intend to be a freak for the rest of my life, and I shall baffle you with cabbages and rhinoceroses in the kitchen in sets and quotations. From now we are six through the mouthpiece of Lord Snoopy's giant poisoned electric head. So
It's all right, you can come out now. The nasty thing's got away. The wonderful Bonzo Dog Doodah band there. Um, you're listening to Sid Valley Radio. That's music and radio for the community, by the community. A very good morning to my very good friends, friends of current Mrs. Brown and me, uh, Catherine and Sandy. Hope you're having a, a lovely weekend and, and a, a great day. Now, a couple of things. Um, Catherine has said... Why aren't I playing Pink in Perky? Because apparently they had two big hits in 1970. Um, Catherine, I'd rather be struck in the groin with a croquet mallet, frankly. Um, now, on to Sandy. My mate Sandy's a pretty perceptive sort of guy. And a couple of weeks ago, he said to me, you know what? He said, I listen to your show and... The first half is all upbeat and bubbly. In the second half, you really quieten things down, don't you? And uh, just to prove him right is this.
lovely. Cast Your Fate to the Wind uh, by Sounds Orchestral. Jazz instrumental originally recorded by uh, American pianist Vince Guardi. It won the Grammy Award for the Best Original Jazz Composition in 1963. And that version from 65, was, as I say, was brought out by the British group Sounds Orchestral. Um, made it to number five in the UK on 21st of January. And what's the happy memory there? Well, it was one of my mum's favourite numbers. And I remember listening to it on... We had a, a radiogram in a house in Barking that was seemed at the time as big as a bus. It was just vast. And uh, we always used to have that on it. It's a lovely, lovely track. Happy memories. Now, Sandy, ye who think I always play quiet numbers towards the end of a show, cop this. <laughs> Who there from 
21st of March 1970 released uh, track, The Seeker. Also, a very happy musical memory for me because uh, in 1976 I went on holiday to Menorca, uh, to a place called Callum Port on the south coast. And the bar I most frequented was run by an English family, and they were massive fans of The Who, uh, and they played their albums. Uh, endlessly. Not only that, they knew Pete Townsend and they knew his parents even better because uh, they had a holiday home on the island and one night Cliff and Betty, uh, Pete's mum and dad came into the bar and I got into a very long drunken conversation with with Cliff about music because like my stepfather Dennis he was a, a saxophonist and also he, he was a really nice guy. Um, over to my friend Stuart for uh, a track that Greatly influenced me back in the uh, the early eighties. Uh, band formed in Ohio in um, nineteen seventy three. Hugely championed in the early days by by David Bowie and Iggy Pop. Devo, known for their music and stage shows, mingling kitsch science fiction themes, uh, surreal humour, and, and bitingly satirical social comedy. Um, yeah, great band. Um, we're going to play a track written by um, our Mick and Keith. See what you make of this version. Thank you. 
Yeah, Devo with Satisfaction, taken from their Brian Eno-produced debut album, Are We Not Men, We Are Devo, in 1978. And they actually sought the permission of Sir Mick. They played it for him, uh, sought his permission before they actually re- uh, recorded it and then released it as a single. Uh, we are rapidly running out of time. Last track from the um, 1970s, uh, song written by Nina Simone, Released by Mob and Marcia on the Trojan label. This is great.
Yes, my lords, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and all creatures great and small, I've got to get over the, out of this place and hand over to my oppo, Gavin Stewart, because that beast, old father time, has prodded Mr. Mel Torme into position with his side. And as you can hear, the man known as the Velvet Fog is sending us upon our merry way in his usual sophisticated style. A heartfelt thank you to you this morning for indulging me, and even if my memories provided nothing more than compelling evidence of an old fool in his dotage, I hope you'll agree that the music stood the test of time. Now listen very carefully, because next week we'll have left February behind and we'll be in March, and it's going to be a real March of the Mods, because for my next five shows I'll be going back to playing the sort of music that first brought me to Sid Valley Radio in the first place. So make sure you tune on, turn on, tune in and drop everything else because it's going to be an absolute blast. For now, au revoir, have a sensational Sunday, a wonderful week and keep your faith match fit and ready to go. I'm coming home, baby. Coming home, baby, now. They can't hold me back now, no more. I'm pressing on, baby, now. And pacing up and down the floor. Oh, hear me holler and hear me roll. Gonna be with you evermore. I'm coming home. I'm coming home, baby, now.